0: I have a guest, a Dash developer. He's working on uh, Dash Evolution. He worked on Dash.org. His name is uh, Joshua Siegler. Josh, how you doing?
1: I'm great, Rich. How are you?
0: Good. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. So, um, that's a pleasure. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm a Dash user. Um, I know that listeners may or may not use Dash, but um, they want to find out more about it. So. Uh, can you go through, like, you know, how long have you have been doing development for Dash and what got you into even finding out about Dash in the first place and then getting interested enough to be a developer for it?
1: Sure. Uh, well, like, if you want to trace it all the way back, it started when my grandfather said, you've got to learn spreadsheets. But uh, I don't <laughs> think we're going to go quite that granular. Uh, I've been interested in computers for a while. I went to school and got a, a degree in math and computer science uh, and took a leg, kind of like a twisty path towards uh, a career doing web development. So I've kind of had my eye on on tech development for, for a while. And I don't know, maybe 2012, 2010, I heard somebody talking about Bitcoin. And it sounded kind of technical for me. It sounded like I would have to do a lot of research and I hadn't heard about it much. So I was like, I guess I'll check that out one of these days. Okay. Uh, and then I started getting into Bitcoin a little more. Uh, I started putting away, you know, just little slices of my paychecks into Bitcoin, thinking that it was kind of a pretty good idea. Uh, hmm. And then in order to kind of stay away from the impulse to, uh, to trade altcoins and try and do the whole day trader thing, I started <sighs> doing some intensive research into altcoins.
0: Uh, and at that time, was, coins, uh, was Dash called Darkcoin, or was it is it Dash? Yeah, this, this,
1: was, this was maybe three or four months uh, before they rebranded from Darkcoin to Dash. I think they did that mm-hmm. about a year ago. Okay. Uh, officially. Uh, the rebranding kind of took a month or two. Right. Uh, so I started lo- really looking into all these different altcoins. You know, I got a few Dogecoins. uh I was looking for something that had some kind of innovative qualities to it. So Litecoin was out. Dogecoin was fun. They had a really good community. But as far as just the technicals, it's just Bitcoin with different parameters. And a lot of the altcoins were that way. Hmm. Uh, then I heard about this one Darkcoin, and they had privacy. And that's a new feature. So I wanted to check into it and like find out a little more about this because this sounds like real innovation, which was a little scarce at the time.
0: Right.
1: So I checked out Dartcoin. Uh, I started accumulating a little Dartcoin. I would trade it on uh, Cripsy and then take it right off the exchange and stick it in my wallet, which turned out to be a good play. <laughs> Cripsy, uh, Cripsy was not a very reliable exchange as we ultimately found out.
0: Right, right.
1: Uh, but uh, I, I started getting more and more into Dash, and uh, after the rebranding, uh, I got to a certain point and we started to see this kind of conflict between large and small block Bitcoin. And I thought for sure one of those would just win out and we'd be fine. So I kind of had a balance for a little bit. And then uh, earlier, maybe, uh maybe six or seven months ago, I got fed up with Bitcoin and just moved it all into dash, which turned out to oh, have wow. been really good okay. timing. Uh, and, and as I'm, we know the I'm,
0: the block size debate hasn't resolved at all. no <laughs> no it hasn't in
1: fact there there's talk now about how uh bitcoin's dominance is being challenged by altcoins, and you know this is this is the altcoin space, so there's a lot of like speculation and fear mongering and these kinds of things. But if you just look at the the relative market cap of bitcoin versus all altcoins, it's not like it used to be
0: yeah. Definitely.
1: So I've talked a lot, but the, the key thing about Dash that got me to stay excited was Dash really matches up with what I thought Bitcoin was going to be when I first started learning about it. Bitcoin uh, is uh, kind of...
0: It, it seems like Bitcoin's like someone's uh, very conservative grandfather and it won't make any changes and it won't use a smartphone and it... You know, and Dash seems to be like, "All right, well, we need to evolve. let's do this. We need to fix this. Let's do that. It seems much more responsive to change than bitcoin
1: right. I don't think that that comes necessarily from an attitude of conservatism like i don't hear I don't hear Bitcoin developers saying that they're scared of new technology or anything like that. I think this is more of like a a conflict and a decision making problem that Bitcoin is facing, and that uh, Dash is able to handle because of certain innovations i 'm sure we 'll get into that
0: okay. But okay. The, uh, so you, you were the, uh, yeah you were looking at all coins go ahead
1: the thing that was exciting about Bitcoin right from the start is that all all the money i 've ever heard of all the the forms of storing wealth that i 've ever heard of except for you know, physical assets like gold, silver, jewels, real estate, whatever. All the things that we actually use for money require placing your trust in some kind of provider. And in this day and age, you know, you find out more and more that those providers really take advantage of their position and uh, to, to the detriment of everyone who trusts them and depends on them. So Bitcoin was exciting to me from the start. Once I started to understand it was exciting because it's a competitor to this centralized trust-requiring system. And we haven't really had currency competition until that. And now we have competition among these new upstarts. And I think that Dash, at the moment at least, is is the one that is the most competitive.
0: Yeah, so what made you um, – well, I know – I understand why you left Bitcoin – to focus on Dash in terms of holding it, but what about developing for it? What, what pushed you all the way to where you wanted to spend your time and effort actually programming to make Dash better?
1: Uh, there's a couple things. If I'm honest, part of it is that I want to be like a special part of this new thing. So there's absolutely this, this uh, idea that this is a movement or, or a new development, and I have a chance to... Uh, to influence it and to, to participate in it, so there's some of that excitement. As I've learned more about what money is and how money kind of fits into the world, uh, I've also started to see that access to high-quality money is, uh, is critical. People don't, don't necessarily realize that the money that they use every day has a lot of really serious shortcomings. And it's kind of this invisible penalty on everyone who uses, you know, regular fiat money. And access to high quality money is such like a, a multiplying effect on 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 people's uh wealth and their ability to kind of benefit from the work that they do. And I really want to see people have access to that kind of high quality money. So well, tell me what, what the, features the um, side of it. Uh,
0: yeah, what features do you what features does high quality money have to you, and what features are lacking in regular fiat
1: sure uh, the the classic definition of money is is something that has kind of these three traditional uses it's a medium of exchange that means people trade it around instead of doing barter uh, It's a unit of value or a unit of account, and that means That's kind of a trivial definition that means that we can kind of like talk about things value in terms of the currency. Uh, And the big one is that it's a store of value. So one of the uses that people have for money is, I want to do work today and benefit from it in the future at some point. Just indefinitely somewhere down the line, I want to receive that benefit later. That's the time preference of money, they call it. And regular fiat currency. Uh, at least over the time that I've been aware of money, regular fiat currency has kind of this downfall of the fact that the people that, that control it can also make more of it. And they have a good reason to make more of it, which is that they hold a lot of debt denominated in that currency. So if I have my my U.S. dollars in my bank account and then I wait you know, 20 or 30 years the, the real value of those dollars has dropped significantly. And you know people think, oh, 2% inflation is not, not a lot. But if you, if you actually like, calculate it out, 0.98, which is how much of your money is left after a year, uh, raise that to the 10th power, that's over 10 years, 20% of the value of your money goes away over 10 years. And that's just at 2% inflation. That's okay. startling when you think about it from those terms. And if you, if you think about it in other terms, this kind of inflation also drives people to take risks that they wouldn't normally take, make bets on the stock market, do these kinds of things. And that's really bad for the individual. I, I would rather see a monetary system where saving is encouraged. And, you know, the, the principles that you just kind of think would apply if you think about money from a naive perspective. I think it would be better for people if those principles really do apply. Saving up is beneficial, be frugal with your money, Uh, be responsible. These kind of principles don't apply in today's world. And if you don't understand that, then your, your wealth goes away.
0: Well, a nice feature too is, you know, in my Dash Core wallet, when I go check in on it, I don't see fees reducing the amount of Dash I have in there, like your bank account, which they have like 10 million different fees. And, you know, you, Half the time you look, and you're like what 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 the hell is this?" and they've taken out <laughs> a amount of money and you know that doesn't happen with uh with with crypto for the most part, which is great, so besides yeah, that's inflation, a great that's point. Another benefit
1: absolutely, so having this centralized currencies, there are costs associated with just keeping that running uh but some of those costs are the costs incurred by allowing the centralized provider to to control things. So one of the yeah. things that might happen, you might have heard about a, a crime called structuring. If you, yeah. if you move money into or out of your account in amounts just shy of a certain federal threshold, I think it's $10,000, if you do that a couple times, they'll think that you're trying to avoid a reporting threshold. And monitoring that sort of thing costs money as well. So those fees don't come from nothing. They come from the fact that the people who control the money can set the rules for how you transact with it. And in a system like Dash, that control is decentralized, and the only kind of control on money that we'll end up with is the kind of control that the entire community is interested in seeing right so things like not being well, able to counterfeit
0: well let's let's pivot a little bit and talk about um your current work you're working on um, evolution, right
1: Yeah, uh-huh. This is another aspect of how Dash is competitive in my opinion. Uh, this is one of the first cryptocurrencies that started to have a focus on being easy to use. Uh, it's, it's easy once you kind of, learn the, the, kind of learn the ropes with Bitcoin or with another cryptocurrency to go, oh yeah, this is a cryptocurrency, I know how those work. That's as easy as it needs to be. But if you talk to people who aren't in the cryptocurrency world, This is all very confusing and it's very easy to make mistakes and it could be quite expensive. And Dash has set a goal of being so easy to use that it could actually play in the, air quotes, real world where, you know, somebody could actually use this without having to understand how it works at all.
0: Right. Well, um, are you finding... Do you talk to people about evolution and its features? Are you finding that people are well aware of what it's going to have? Or is that still even in flux? And yeah, let's go with that for now.
1: Yeah, sure. So I I don't have a ton of conversations with people about specific Dash features yet because, uh, you know, I I would be trying to kind of sell them something before it's built. Most of my conversations Mm. about cryptocurrencies, at least today, have been with people who are already in the cryptocurrency space. That is starting to shift a little bit, uh, especially, you know, I went to the open house recently, and as a result of telling people about my travel plan, I ended up saying, oh, yeah, I'm going up to meet with a bunch of people who help me make a new kind of money. Oh, yeah, tell me more. So I, I have to kind of learn how to make an elevator pitch or kind of a, a summary of what I'm doing here. And people are going to have time for uh, a one-hour lecture on the qualities of money or, or the history of different cryptocurrencies. Right. So it, the summary is just, you know, we're making a competitive money that is to people's advantage. Uh, and I hope one day soon to be able to introduce them to evolution and have them go, oh, this is easy. This is like PayPal or Venmo or whatever it is that they're used to.
0: Right. Well, for people that are listening that actually hold Dash or want, you know, are considering holding it, you know, the goal here is to help spread the adoption of it. That's at least yeah. my goal. Um, what are some of the features that you think Evolution is probably going to have that you personally may or may not, may not be working on, but, you know, let's pique listeners' interest. What's, um, what are some elements you think that it it's going to have?
1: Sure. Uh, when I was looking at some of the screenshots that we got, uh, you know, like mock-ups that were on the forum, uh, if you've seen Amanda's Evolution Wallet preview, there are some very mm-hmm. exciting features in there. Uh, just as an aside, part of the value of cryptocurrencies right now, most of the value, honestly, is from speculation. People expect that cryptocurrencies will be used more in the future. And the reason for that is that we we are building not just a store of value, but also a payment network. Uh, And Dash has kind of pursued features that will make it a good payment network. This includes things like uh, mediated arbitration. So you can use multi-signature transactions and I can send a merchant payment, but the payment isn't held until we both agree that they should get it. And in the case of a dispute, there's a third party arbitrator who can settle the tie one way or the other to make sure that the correct party gets their transaction. So there was a, a feature like that. Of course, it's not presented in a wallet like that. It's just presented as payment protection. Hmm. Uh, that was a pretty exciting feature for me to see. Um, Can you talk
0: a, a little bit more about that? Who would be the third party that mediates disputes if one happens?
1: Uh, I imagine that that would be uh, somebody who's connected to the the this uh master network in some way uh i don't know the details of how it works behind the scenes uh okay. and, and this was just part of a mock-up that was something that could be possible <laughs> gotcha but that's the kind, that's yeah, the kind it could of be, um, that could be present in evolution that would really make it suitable for real world usage
0: yeah it could be x number of master node holders i mean it could be uh you know various stakeholders but yeah that's a great feature okay
1: Another one that I heard about uh, that I'm really excited for just personally is the possibility of kind of time-blocking some of your currency so that it's in a savings account of sorts. Uh, I'm kind of mixing up two features here, but the idea is that it's sort of like a vault, right? If you want to make a withdrawal, there's a certain delay before that happens, and anytime time yeah. during that delay, you can go in and cancel the withdrawal. That way, even if everything is hacked and all your passwords are just exposed to the world, you can still go in and stop a transfer out if you don't want it to happen.
0: Yeah, I know Coinbase has that with, um, with Bitcoin. They have a vault feature, mm-hmm. and it's set at two days by default, but you can change the settings, and it you know lets you know if um, a withdrawal is happening and all that, and you can cancel it. So That's great.
1: Yeah. One of the other things that's really nice about evolution is I mean, just the idea of it, this is a web wallet that doesn't require a central provider. All the convenience of the web wallet is there, so you can use your wallet on your phone, on your desktop, whatever device you need to access it, just like if you were logging into a bank account website, but you still have kind of the protections of this decentralized network, distributing that trust evenly among everyone who participates in it to run it. And that's that's very exciting to me. Like. It kind of boggles my mind to think about the possibility of, of distributing that so widely. Uh, this has potential to to help not just people who are into like currency investing, but people who don't have access to any bank account would be able to, to kind of get all those benefits right out of the gate.
0: Exactly, yeah, because to get a bank account, I mean, I know AML and KYC requirements are proliferating in the Bitcoin world. Um, for mm-hmm. altcoins, I know it's lagging a bit. Um, it's coming, I'm sure. sure. But it is nice to be able to have a, a wallet on your phone and you know, you, it's a lot less hoops to jump through.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I like about Dash's privacy model is that you have optional transparency or privacy. Uh, Dash's privacy basically allows you to scramble the history of coins so that they become a private balance versus a public balance. And I think that there's a place on blockchains for both of those if you're a charitable organization if you're a government institution uh, if you're a person who's interacting with with an organization that has strict requirements about where the money comes from you can pay them with publicly auditable funds and that sort of thing can be inspected on the blockchain openly and at the same time you can make private transactions and and trust that even though they're on the same blockchain that's uh, much more secure and much more, uh, well, private.
0: Yeah. What are the mechanics of, um, making a transaction private? Does it have to be done that way from the start or can you take existing money in a wallet address and, um, and mask it, you know, how, like, how does it work?
1: Uh, well, as I understand how it works right now, uh, Your wallet takes the funds that you have and divides it up into specific denominations, like one dash, a tenth of a dash, a hundredth, and so on. Kind of like uh, splitting it up into units of currency or something. Uh, And then it makes a request out to the masternode network, and the masternode network says, hey, you're going to combine your coins with this guy and that guy and that guy. And those funds are pooled together, and then everybody takes back out the same amount that they put in but because they were lumped together in the middle there now you can't tell whose it was that you have now it could be some of yours it could be some of theirs and if you do that with enough people and if you do it over a couple rounds it's an exponential factor every time you do a new round or every time you increase the number of people and it just becomes mathematically impossible it's the same as like the same kind of mathematical impossibility as is behind cryptocurrency mining in the first place. It's just an astronomically narrow chance of of hitting that one thread. Mm, uh, and that's, that's where Dash's privacy comes from at the moment. Uh, I understand that, that there are some kind of developments to work on uh, a different or a better privacy mechanism, but I haven't followed any of those discussions. Okay.
0: Any other uh, features of evolution that you're, you know, either privy to or working on personally that, uh, or ones just that you find like really exciting that are coming?
1: Hmm. Well, yeah, the me- the mediated transactions thing uh, is not is not the the top feature that I'm after. But uh, mainly, I'm excited about the the web wallet without a web wallet provider side of thing- things things. Uh, on a more geeky note, I am also excited about what's called the DAPI, Distributed API. Uh, if you, if you know any programmers who work with like payment systems or whatever, you'll hear them talking about Stripe and how great it is to use Stripe and it's so easy to integrate with. The DAPI is, as far as I can tell, it's going to be like that. If you want to work with the Dash financial system, uh, the DAPI lets you connect to a masternode and use. Uh, A very simple API to do things like interact with the username feature or or make changes to your balance add or subtract these kinds of things so it'll be all very programmable which is also really valuable uh, just for making dash kind of sink into the internet fabric if that makes sense
0: Mm, okay and because Uh, you're working on um, parts of evolution uh, can you say if it's on track to come out in summer, or do you know anything about the uh, the timeline of its release?
1: So, as I understand it, right now we are uh, we're kind of like taking a step back, and there is a, an examination of of uh, like our current uh, branding and and the direction that the wall is taking, and these kinds of things. But I don't have the impression that we're falling behind at all. Uh, right now, I've been putting in some work on uh just getting back into the dash.org development and so I don't have any like breaking news or anything at the moment. Okay. Uh I should be getting back into evolution development. Uh I think in a week or two uh we'll have uh graphic designs and the the updated information to just to actually start getting some more progress. All
0: right. And now I will ask you a couple questions where I'm sure you're going to say I don't know, but this is your best guess or your best feeling. but uh, Sure. Why do you think there's been such a run-up in the price of Dash lately, the past uh, month or two?
1: Yeah, I think there were a couple factors. Uh, of course, all of this is like educated guesswork because it's a market and, and every factor ends up getting priced in. But uh, I think part of it was uh, kind of a faltering faith in Bitcoin. People were kind of looking around for some kind of alternative, and I think a lot of people just went down the coin market cap and just put some money into into Ether, put the money into Dash, and just went down the list as far as they were comfortable. So I think that was part of it at the beginning. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I think also there was some speculation about the new exchange that Dash is supposed to be added to. Uh, so originally there was an announcement that at the open house we would be hearing about a new exchange, like uh, you know similar to Coinbase in terms of functionality. So I don't know if it's going to be Coinbase or what, but uh, an exchange where you can trade dollars for Dash. And yeah, that's great. really exciting to people because right now, if I want to buy Dash, I live in the United States. Really, my best option is to get Bitcoin or Ethereum or something and then trade it for Dash. Right. And that's cumbersome and it's time-consuming. And I'd be really excited about the ability to, to kind of skip that middle step. Uh, so I think people yeah, are definitely. speculating and kind of pricing in their excitement about that. Uh, but Bitcoin started to rally a little bit. And I think that the market has kind of like two halves to it. There's the people who will just, they they trade slow. You know, they're they're in it for a long term. They're in there because they believe in the tech of a coin or, or they really like the community or whatever it is, but they're investing. Uh, and then there's people who are approaching it more like a day trader. And they don't have time for uh, a one or two week delay or or any kind of like bad news, but they also they're not closely examining the fundamentals of a currency either that they, they don't need to because they're just looking for that that ride up or the ride down right uh dash's coin- dash's market cap is still small enough that that the people who are who are looking for a roller coaster ride uh move the price significantly. Whereas Bitcoin is big enough now that that kind of roller coaster only comprises a couple percent a day of of movement.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and then um, the recent rise in the price it um, it's made it a lot more expensive to set up and own a masternode, and it's yeah. also made it a lot more expensive to um, to even make a proposal. You know, let's say you're yeah. going to promote Dash. And, uh, any comments on those two elements? Is there any murmurings? Um, amongst the community about changing the master node requirement maybe lowering it or the um the requirement on uh, submitting a proposal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> <laughs> so there was talk a while back of of lowering the the collateral requirement at certain price thresholds. Uh it was kind of like a uh hey, this might be a neat idea sort of thing. It was never never really set in stone. Uh but my thinking on masternode price has kind of come to be that uh, as long as we're going to have the ability to, to do masternode shares, which I, I haven't heard anybody coming in and saying, that's a terrible idea, we shouldn't develop that. Uh, if, if we are heading slowly towards the possibility of masternode shares, then I think we should only increase the number of masternodes in order to get more masternode processing power. Uh because everybody will still be able to access that kind of like uh savings account sort of effect of of setting a setting some of your dash as collateral and then getting some kind of reward for that
0: uh when you say masternode shares you mean um let's say you only have a hundred dash, you would get uh, mm-hmm. one tenth of a masternode is that what you mean
1: yeah, yeah, exactly so there's a couple of community members now who will will hold your dash for you and run it on a masternode as run it as a fraction of a masternode with other people. So uh Amanda B. Johnson on, on Dash Detailed had an interview with Splalik recently, uh, who yep. was I think the first person to do this kind of like shared masternode setup. Uh but that requires trusting him. And the cryptocurrency community especially is all about decentralized trust or distributed trust. So there's a lot of interest in in the ability to kind of just take your wallet and say, uh, I'm not going to use these 100 dash for a while, so let's just make those collateral for someone's masternode, and I'll get a, a fraction of the rewards from that.
0: Yeah, it would be nice okay. if the network, you could pledge whatever dash you have in your, uh, in your account, and the network itself would uh, combine dash amongst X number of people to make its own masternode and run it. Uh, Maybe in a decentralized way, so you wouldn't need to trust somebody. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, I really hope that becomes a reality. Uh, If it does, then we won't need to lower collateral for the purposes of allowing people to participate. Uh, But as it stands right now, I don't think there's a big rush to lower the collateral requirements. Uh, Just thinking about things from a network perspective, uh, I get the impression that the Mastermind network as it stands right now is plenty strong for our current level of usage. Uh, You asked about proposal amount. Mm. Uh, I have kind of mixed thoughts on this. Like on the one hand, as the price of Dash goes up, Masternode compensation goes up. So if you run a single Masternode and you're getting a couple hundred dollars a month, if you think of that as a paycheck, a couple hundred dollars a month ought to buy a fair amount of your time. And maybe that's worth the amount of time that it would take to kind of thoroughly vet, you know, two dozen, three dozen proposals, which is what you would get. And, you know, because the budget's gone up so much, you'll get people who are p- proposing for, hey, I want to, I want to feed my meetup this week, and that's fine. But uh, at the same time, you have to kind of consider, is is what is the level of proposal that's worth having, four thousand, five thousand people kind of scrutinize it. Assuming assuming more participation than we have right now, I guess. Uh, it's a tricky yeah, right question. Right now, it's um,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's what four four hundred and fifty votes to approve a proposal,
1: approximately. Right, ten percent of the network. Yeah, if if, yeah, it, if it was correct. all yeses and nobody said no, uh, the minimum number of votes would be uh, a tenth of the network. Hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. I guess, I guess I would I would be okay with a small reduction. But the thing is, if we're going to reduce it, 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 it's a little silly to just like let's go from five down to three. is is seems like a short sighted uh, short sighted approach. Uh, I think that there's it's a detailed question. <laughs> Do you yeah. what well, uh, we'll, – Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. One idea. You know, a quick one would be to uh, have a dual peg where it's pegged to the fiat currency in which the, uh, you know, the country in which the person is requesting. So, let's say U.S. dollar, it could be the lesser of uh, five Dash or 300 U.S. dollars, whichever is lesser. Or, it's, uh, you know, it's pegged both ways. So, it can't exceed, you know, that, that then depending on the price of Dash, like, you know, let's say um, the run-up just happened right before the mm-hmm. deadline for proposals. Or in the early part of the month, you know, people that made proposals, yeah. uh, it'd be very expensive for them to do that. You know, this last round, it was for some people like 500 hours to do a proposal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if it was pegged to vol- a certain really amount. Ex-
1: you know. Yeah, when it's when it's volatile like this, it, it becomes kind of scary to put a proposal in because the amount you get could be dramatically more or dramatically less than you expected. And and, you're and then too the, the, the um, network.
0: Yeah, and the amount of the the perceived amount that the person's going to get for their efforts changes too. So, you know, when Dash was at 100, people may look at a proposal for 100 Dash and say, geez, you're asking for a lot of money. But then if it goes down to 60, well, now they're not asking for a lot of money and maybe they've gotten votes, maybe they haven't. You know, I guess you're right. This is a very complex question uh, as I think about it.
1: It's super tricky. Uh, if, If our volatility goes down, you know, as adoption increases or as speculation decreases, uh, this problem will kind of ease off a little bit. So, part of the part of the answer to the question will be how long will we feel this pain, and is it worth is it worth putting a measure in? Uh, I don't I don't have the uh, the the far-sighted vision or the economics to answer a lot of these myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just figured we'd discuss it. It's it's an interesting issue. So yeah,
1: absolutely. Well I don't I don't want to
0: hold you all day. You know you've given a lot of great info and I can tell you're really thoughtful about what you do. Um any last points that you want to cover that we haven't talked about?
1: Yeah. Um one of the uh one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is uh like what are what are some roadblocks that cryptocurrencies as a whole and Dash specifically might face in the near future? Especially what are roadblocks that, that we're not like, looking for. Uh, and I thought a little bit about, like, what if uh, what if our banks do what they've been doing in China and they say things like, uh, oh, you know, it's illegal to have cryptocurrency or uh, cryptocurrency is all taxed in some way that makes it, you know, almost impossible to use or something like that. Mm. Uh, and I've had to do a lot of thinking about, like, what that would mean for for me personally since i have dash but also it's just for for my, for involvement in this project like i don't think something like that would kill dash i think that there's enough enough interest and enough of a community worldwide that that dash would continue but i would be very sad if if some kind of regulatory uh framework made it impossible to participate from the united states cuz i'm a, i'm a big fan of, of the united states and uh, I hope that that the benefits of cryptocurrency can be available to people here. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I mean, in the U.S., I don't have answers for yet. that one. It's just something I think about.
0: Yeah, we've gotten a little taste of it. I mean, in New York, with the Bit license, um, mm-hmm. it's you know very very few companies have gotten it. So if you live in New York, I don't know what it's like to buy <clears throat> Bitcoin or you know any cryptos versus other states and. And recently Alaska has some legislation proposed and you know various states. So it's yeah, I guess it's kind of a race to see who does what. I mean Japan is, you know, has now said that um, they're gonna widely adopt Bitcoin, which is great. Hopefully that'll help yeah. and you know some countries are reactionary against it, so I guess we'll see.
1: That's very interesting too, that Japan was uh, was like really on board with, with cryptocurrencies as currencies. Uh among nations that use debt as kind of like a way of funding their their kind of operation, uh, Japan has done a lot of that, and uh, I think that the nations and the people that run nations kind of have their eye on the the benefits and disadvantages of these different financial systems, and it's it's just fascinating to to learn more about these different financial systems and. It's hard to know what direction they're going to take, but I I think everybody appreciates uh, new technology and and new ways to kind of preserve wealth at the personal level, even if they they don't think that it's necessarily what's great for for the economy. Individually, people really want high-quality money, and I think that's one of the things that's going to help cryptocurrencies succeed because governments are just made up of individuals.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, as a last point, look at China. Everyone's afraid. Mm-hmm. All the mining power is concentrating there, and, you know, all the market activity is there, and then they clamp down. You, know, you can't make withdrawals. You can't, I mean, they, they've they essentially kind of put themselves out of the game. So things are shifting to different countries, you know. So, it's, I mean, things can happen all over. It's like, a, like a, a water table. You know, the wave can form in one area and push things around the globe to other areas, and, it, you know, you yeah. never know. It's a wild ride right true. now.
1: This is just a thrilling and interesting and exciting time to be alive and to be involved in in this space.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, yeah, I don't know. I I know you probably don't want to be bothered, but um, if anyone in the Dash community or, you know, people outside of it want to know more about Dash or, you know, your thoughts on crypto in general, um, would it be okay if they contact you? And how so? What would be the best way to do it?
1: Yeah, that'd be fine. Uh, send me an email. My email is real easy. It's Joshua at Siegler.net. That's S-E-I-G-L-E-R.net. net. Uh, send me an email. I'll be happy to, to have a chat. Uh, another good way to reach me is on the Dash Nation Slack. Uh, one of the community members of Dash, uh, his username is Tal, set up just a fantastic welcoming community uh, and if you go to dashnation.com, there's a, a button you can click. There's a lot of great people on there. It's not just me, and there's you know troubleshooting channels and Dash Market channels, and there's channels to talk about altcoins and channels to talk about what you had for breakfast, probably. Uh, it's a great <laughs> community, so uh, you can reach me on there. My username on there is just Joshua. Yeah, I'd love to talk with whoever.
0: Okay. Well, Josh, thanks so much for your time, and I, I really appreciate you coming.
1: Oh, it's been a pleasure. Hope to talk to you soon.
0: You have been listening to Almost Here Around the Corner Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.